0: You'll find anywhere.
1: One of the things that I did want to ask you guys about. Let's let's have a conversation here. It, it was posed to us as a question as to uh, kind of the first. I want to say the first domino falling, but that first big recruit. And I, and I want to talk about Walker White. He was kind of all over the place. You know, he's been heavily recruiting on social media, building relationships with the the other commitments or recruits. And I saw video was seeing that he was throwing with Bryce Kane. He may have actually been throwing with Malcolm Simmons as well. I'm not sure, but I know Bryce Kane for sure. Uh, He already talks about the relationship that he's built with Perry Thompson and how they get along really well. How important has he been as it pertains to, I mean, Dukes to Scoop says we have, in terms of the most more athletic receivers, Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons. How big of a deal has Walker White's commitment been to securing the receivers that we have currently committed to us right now? Like your thoughts on Walker White's impact on our ability to bring in these guys, understanding who's going to be throwing them the ball.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's been, I don't even know a great word other than absolutely critical. We talked about this a little bit last season as we were getting into the recruiting cycle. And one of the big things a lot of people say is you got to have a quarterback to kind of be the cornerstone of your recruiting class because the quarterback getting in there is what makes receivers want to come, makes uh, offensive linemen want to come and, I think that Walker White has done an amazing job of being proactive and going out there and finding guys that he knows are talented. He he realizes they are talented. And so he's saying, you know, giving them a recruiting pitch to come along. Hasn't paid the dividends yet in the offensive line room, but the wide receivers definitely doing work there. And I don't know that you can replace the kind of, Charisma and enthusiasm that he's brought to this recruiting class. I just don't know that it works the same way if the guy making the pitch is a another wide receiver or a DB, right? Like we had some DBs come in, like Amon Lane's been great out there, being very proactive and, and getting people. I just don't know that wide receivers respond to the fact of, to a, to a defensive back saying come play at Auburn, but a quarterback who looks like he knows what he's doing has you can develop a good. Camaraderie with him, good rapport with him, that p- pays dividends. So Walker White has been crucial to pulling this class together and getting the talented guys on the outside that are he's going to have as targets going into the future.
1: uh Thoughts on this, Mike? Be if you want to speak on it, I can go on to the next question if you want.
3: Oh, man, I mean, look at this list. Right, this so far is a pretty well balanced list, in my opinion. Right, you've got you got your quarterback. You've got your QB of the future. Um, you've got some guys for him to throw to. You've got a dynamic running back. You've added tight ends. You've got defensive ends, defensive backs, linebackers. They're, they've got some work to do with off guys to block for <laughs> for these offensive guys. So, you know, I think somebody had noted is, you know, we need to get some offensive linemen in here, but they're working on that as well. Uh This is a really, I I think it's clear again that they're recruiting to needs. To area of needs. And they're doing a really good job of being forward thinking in terms of where the hole is going to be at one to two years down the road. And let's just make sure that we're bolstering those positions. Um, You got to have a quarterback. You got to have multiple quarterbacks. Uh, Walker White has this, um, you know how, I'm trying to think of an example, guys, of a quarterback that went to a school, like, and and we know he's going to play. Like, it's not even a question. Uh, What's the kid that went to Texas? Um, Arch Manning. Arch Manning. Right? Like, you know he's going to get a shot. Absolutely. No matter what, he's going to get a shot to play. And Walker White has that feel to me. Like, we're going to see Walker White throw a meaningful pass in an Auburn uniform barring an act of God. And I don't know that I felt that way consistently about Auburn recruiting at that position for a while. Like, what are these guys going to be? Who's going to win? You know, think about it. Malik Willis never threw a meaningful pass as an Auburn
0: mm.
3: tiger. <laughs> but he was good enough to get drafted. Guys. Mm. So this is what when I look at this list, that's the feeling it gives me. Like these are guys who are definitely going to contribute. Nate Craig Myers was one of the best wide receivers coming out of high school. It was one of the best recruits Auburn has ever gotten into that position by the ratings, but did not contribute significantly here. And that story is a tale as old as time when it comes to Auburn football. Too many guys, highly rated, that come through, that we hear their names, we hear all the hype, and then they never contribute. Perry Thompson has to be a star here, man. Perry Thompson has to be a star. Like, they were they were comparing him to uh, Julio Jones. And he was like, I don't want to be compared to Julio Jones. Well, you know what, young man, I'm sorry if you had to be compared to somebody. It's not a bad pick. Julio came in and he was exact. I, com- I would be comparing him in terms of he is a guy who absolutely positively was a can't miss prospect, and he came in here and he killed it. And then he went on to the league and he validated why he was that dude. Now, Hugh Freeze recruited a guy who's okay at the next level named DK Metcalf. And he was a dynamic tam- uh, talent. He came in, he went on to the next level. I mean, he he played like it. This this these recruits give me that vibe. Somehow, deep down in my spirit, I'm not less worried about guys coming in and not being that dude. Or getting buried in the roster and we don't hear from them again. This feels like a list of guys who will be here and will contribute and we'll be talking about how great. This recruiting class was two years from now, so they've got the they've got to change the narrative about Auburn football when these when these recruits talk about like, hey, we're here to you know get it back to where it was. You know, I, I, some of them don't even realize you know, you're here to get it to a place it's never been. I mean, if you're talking about wide receivers,
2: 100, absolutely, I mean, yeah. we've had the talent, but we've not utilized. I mean, listen, we've talked over and over about the last time we've had a thousand yard receiver and forget the last time we've had it just how many in the history of the school have there been right like there's not a lot of examples of dynamic wide receiver play there's not a lot of examples that's why you know this is going to sound like shade to him but that's why Bo Nix holds so many freaking Auburn passing records we didn't throw the ball if you're a school that never throws the ball and somebody comes along and they're throwing the ball more than everybody else they better hold all the records right? So, this is when I want to see every freaking record get smashed in the past game. I want to see a quarterback go out there and put up ridiculous numbers. I don't care if they're Heisman numbers. I just want them to look like a proficient passing offense. I want to see wide receivers catch the ball for eight, nine hundred yards on a consistent basis here at Auburn. Right. It'd be nice right. in the era of passing offenses. It'd be nice for us to join the party. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Let me ask you guys this in terms of, you know, DeAndre Carter. He's one of the guys, he's a Rivals 100 uh, offensive lineman. He's projected to play on the interior. Auburn likes where they stand with him. This kid didn't take an official visit yesterday. That was not an official visit. Uh, he, he, He paid that on his own dime to be at Auburn, which tells me how seriously he's considering this school. And you have to imagine that Auburn all but exceeded his expectations of coming back to visit. I think he's very important in terms of getting the getting the dominoes falling in terms of O-line. I I think I think he has to be a part of this class, in my opinion. Um, He Auburn is battling Texas and Michigan State. Those are the finalists in addition to Auburn for DeAndre Carter. Uh, and this is of course, according to Caleb of, of Auburn sports, but talk to me how important it will be to get him on board. In addition to the big names that we're seeing, the, 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 the Thompson's, the, the DeMarcus Riddick's maybe even, maybe even KJ Bolden, like how, how critical is his commitment to this class? Uh, I'll start with you. Start with you, B.
0: I think the critical work has already been done with getting all of these highly touted guys in the same place at the same time. Not just to look around and say, oh, okay, yeah, this is cool. But to buy in to the culture. Like the culture has been built for those guys. The guys who are already here, were already in the room. Hugh Freeze had, what, five, six weeks with him? In the spring? So that culture is still resetting itself. He added a bunch of guys before spring started. He had a bunch of guys after after spring as well. That culture is still being laid because a lot of those guys don't know their role. They don't know what the future holds for them as far as on field. But for the guys who are all being pitched the exact same thing right now, which is come here and build the legacy of successful and prominent Auburn football, I think that culture has been built. the The, the foundation is already there for that. And we saw evidence of that yesterday with how those guys interacted with each other with how much guys buy in after they commit, with how much they really seem to enjoy being around each other, their families being around the other people. Like, that's one thing. I, I had never seen much of a recruiting weekend. So I was like, how in my head, how much of this goes on behind closed doors? Because you're still selling. The entire time, you're selling if you are a coach, position coach, head coach, whatever. You are selling the university. You're selling the experience. You are selling the program. You are selling snaps. But I wonder how much of that got down to brass tacks Talkers, like, all right, man, how many snaps am I going to get? Because I would want to know. If I was a recruit, I would want to know how many snaps I'm going to get. But honestly, it didn't seem like that was the biggest focus. Now, it's not that they don't talk about that stuff. But as far as what we saw celebrated, we saw these guys saying, this is where I want to be. Getting the biggest emotional response, having fun with each other. And as Mike said, it's not like it was forced, like, all right, guys, hey, we're gonna go and find some uh some uh some stuff for a scavenger hunt, and then you go, all right, let's go. Y'all ever do those uh what do you call them, those icebreaker activities for like work meetings? It's the worst shit ever. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. It's the worst, most terrible thing ever. I am here for work so that I can get better at this stuff and get paid money. Don't make me try to like these people. If I like them, I like If I don't, I don't. I don't we make don't have to. What to would like your nickname people. be? If- I don't wow. care what your nickname is. Wow. I don't care what none of this other stuff is. I don't want to break the ice. I want to work. Matter of fact, me having this icebreaker meeting instead of doing work is stupid. <laughs> you can't build culture. And those meetings didn't make the culture better. When you're there and you work with people you actually like, There is no replacement for that. There's no amount of meetings or games or stories that can be told that can actually bridge the gap between, I really like you guys and I like being here with you, and I don't, I'm just here for for a paycheck. I'm just here because I'm going to get snaps. What we saw yesterday seems to be the culture is actually, has already started. And that's why I don't think Andre Carter committing Kickstarts a trail of Oh, more O-line commits I think that the culture Is among all the elite players That get a visit That talk to other players Who have visited As Mike already said They know each other Not, not too dissimilar From the AAU circuit In basketball All these players Know each other, man But they're talking about Where to go to play college ball, they know what what the options are. They know who is a lot less spots open for basketball than there are for football, which is why you can't get too many of them teaming, teaming up. But like what you see in USC, Ronnie James and all these AAU kids, like, look, they, they know. They talk to each other. They decide what coach they want to play for, mm. what school's going to treat them the best. Mm. The advantage is already there. Mm. The foundation is laid. Mm. Andre Carter would be Another domino to keep it going. But honestly, I think he keeps going whether he commits or not because it's already done. DeMarcus Riddick may have been the first, honestly, because it wasn't just I like y'all. It was I like y'all more than Bama. I like y'all more than Bama because he was apparently going to defect from Georgia no matter what. I like y'all more than Bama and George, if you want to say that. Thompson is I like this more than Bama. That little cookout. mm, That said a lot. That little cookout says a lot about how much people want to be here. Elite players want to be at Auburn. They come to Auburn. They enjoy themselves at Auburn. And they enjoy being around each other. I can't recall how many times I've heard over the Gus Malzahn tenure, oh, well, they're looking like they're going to come as a package deal. You know how many times we got elite players that were going to come as a package deal? Never. Never. Not once. Oh, we got two five-stars visiting this weekend. Didn't get them. Didn't get them. Nope. They didn't come here. Because they, they were either selling it wrong or it wasn't authentic. Could it always, it's always going to be Auburn, but are you making it to where these guys are looking forward to being here and the value is in the people that are here, the other players that are here, the families that are here, and in the head coach being a part of the draw of Auburn University. This might be the first time. Whether it's Carter now, Bolden next week, or some other elite guys that we got coming down the road, I think it's already in motion and Carter looks great because we don't have... Do we have any O-linemen committed currently in the 24 class? Not yet. Not yet. So that's why Carter would be great, but I don't think Carter's necessary to getting the O-line going. I think it's really just a matter of time before all of this just, just... gets his own momentum and and takes us to where we need to be.
1: Let's talk about, let's talk about KJ Bolden. He's supposed to be announcing August 5th. This is the number one ranked player at his position nationally. Third ranked player in the state of Georgia. This is all according to rivals. This is, this is a, this is a big deal. And again, you're going to have a huge a big-time recruit at the second level and you're trying to land one at the third level in terms of safety. From what I'm hearing, for the longest of time it's been an Ohio State Georgia battle. And be will you you was mentioning, I believe Chad Simmons who doesn't think that Ohio State is he doesn't feel confident Ohio State is leading at this point. A week out from his commitment.
3: Mm.
1: it appears as though Auburn who has been on the outside looking in found its way into the club guys and they may be at VIP <laughs> I like that see that was good um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how we feeling about this kid how we feeling about, about his decision because I think he mentioned he freezes the last coach he's talking to I
3: don't know how true that is yeah well, the, the, the schools that are they're warm they're warm on him: Florida State, Oregon, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, and now Auburn. Um, is I mean that's a list of really high profile suitors for KJ Bolden. Uh, now he's gotten an offer from just about anybody who has a program, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but again, this is another one of those 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 prospects that could change your program. And if you pair him with enough other athletes that are are of the same mold, it, it, it's 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 an amazing get. Um, But having Demarcus Riddick and Perry Thompson so close together in terms of their commitments, I think increases Auburn's chances of landing because because here's what's happening: these guys are hitting him up. I promise you. Thompson and, and and Riddick are on the phone right now with KJ Bolden. Making their pitch for him to come to Auburn. So, uh, I think Zach Esheridge and Josh Aldridge are his primary recruiters. Um, I'm not 100% certain on that, but like... uh it's strong, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, Auburn's throwing their aces at him. And if he saw any of what happened this weekend... Uh, wh- wh- who was it, Ike? Was it... Walker White, the Instagram Live, Perry Thompson. I mean, there was like 12 players doing it, but that's the one okay. I saw it on was Walker White's. Oh, it was Walker White, yeah. So, like, uh, uh, these guys are watching that. They're definitely watching that. KJ Bolden is like, suddenly what happens when, when you recruit this hard. And, and again, I, I, we talk about like the dominoes, the proverbial dominoes starting to fall. Now doors are open that didn't previously seem open. And I expect Hugh Freeze to get one completely out of nowhere. Like, wait, how did they pull that off? Like, like
2: Can Lee last year? Because I did not see that coming. Right,
3: right, yeah, like one completely out of nowhere pull. It's going to start to happen, and you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. (laughs) Yeah, strangely enough, and they're working really hard at recruiting. It's why I think it's important that Hugh Freeze has so many good coaches working for him so he can concentrate on this part of it at least at this point in his auburn coaching career he knows he he needs to put most of his energy into recruiting and he needs his coordinators and his assistants to handle other things that he doesn't have to micromanage he only got so much energy they seem to be doing a decent job of handling these other things so that he can do this but kj bolden I I expect there to be a full court press on K.J. Bolden to close out the top tier of this class. Him and DeAndre Carter. Go out and get either one of those guys. And this is the best case scenario Auburn could have hoped for in year one of Hugh Freeze recruiting as Auburn's head coach. And I don't think anybody saw it coming. He's asked for patience to build. But right now, he under promised and he's over delivering. That's how you do it. That's exactly what he's doing. He's still preaching patience, but man, he's over delivering based on the expectation that he set with the understanding that he knows they have to, that it has to trend up. They have to do better. So, whew, man, Bolden. Bolden would just be an, an insane get. We'll see how it goes. If you're Bolden, I think there's you're not losing a spot by waiting to commit. This is another one of these guys, right, that it, schools are going to wait on. They're going to save a spot for him. If they think he's coming, they will literally banish someone to the phantom realm. And we just lost a safety
0: off the roster, so...
3: Yeah, right. Like, I mean, they'll 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 process somebody to make sure he has a spot. I mean, he just doesn't have to worry. He's not one of these kids that needs to commit now or there won't make a spot for him at Bama. No, no, no. Or commit, or we're pulling our offer. We've seen Saban pull that before in the past as well, too. He's gonna be like, Okay, fine, pull it. Did, did, He's gonna land someplace that wants him for sure, because everybody wants him.
1: Well, According to Rivals, there's also there was also another five-star safety at Auburn at the same time as Zaquan mm. Patterson. And I'm wondering, does one have any bearings on the other? Who is he committed to? Michigan? Is it Michigan he's committed well, to? Well, he's not committed to anyone. He he's still he's still he's looking to make a decision prior to his uh, senior year starting. And he's, he's his top wing. five includes Auburn, Michigan, Ohio State, FSU, and Miami. Mm-hmm. Daquan Patterson. And He's the number 2 ranked player at the safety position nationally. So Auburn had top 2 safeties here for Big Cat weekend and I'm curious hmm. as to does Bolden is, is does Bolden have any bearing on Patterson's decision. Hmm. Not sure if we know the answer to that but I'm curious yeah. about that if if Bolden appears to be if if we're hoping what we're hoping with Bolden committing to Auburn.
3: Hmm. I think that Cam Coleman had some effect on Perry Thompson and vice versa. Mm. Uh, because those guys were talking, they obviously are friendly, um, but it did weigh into the decision at least some. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody wants to be the guy. Uh, and <laughs> defensively, I think it's a little easier because you're not really sharing a football. You're just out there making plays. Right. And you can so technically it,
1: play one play the one position, one play the other.
3: Correct. Yeah. So it's, if there's any effect, I think it's a positive one. Because if you're that guy, they're going to put you on the field defensively. You don't want all your dudes on the field defensively. There's no point. You're not saving anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. You can you put your guys out there. They're going to go hit. Get interceptions, knock down passes, right? So if there is a place on defense in that defensive secondary where I think Auburn definitely needs improvement, it will probably be a safety. I think there are only positives there. I th- well, not only, mostly. I think there are mostly positives there from these guys together. Mm-hmm. I could see it. I could see, I see it being a positive.
1: KJ Boland isn't the only person deciding on August 5th, gentlemen. Uh, mm. Four star defensive back Jalewis Solomon, who also attended mm. Big Cat, makes a decision. He's the, currently the, according to uh, Rivals, he's the 19th ranked player in the state of Georgia. He is the younger brother of current defensive lineman Zeke Walker. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. Mm. Uh, mm. He's also announcing the 5th. And Big Cat also made a huge impression on him. I think he was the one who was quoting and saying, "Why not play for Hugh Freeze?" If I, if I if I got that correct, he's he he sees he sees that things are different here at Auburn. Thoughts about this?
3: Yeah, look, Travon Reed said we we asked him if you haven't gone back and, and watched yesterday's live, uh, these guys did a great job just kind of covering. You know, uh, 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 Ike was. It was funny. Ike was directing me in the background. Like, (laughs) I was looking at my Apple Watch, but I was holding my phone up, and he was like, get Trevon, and I'm like, on it, right? (laughs) And so, (laughs) yeah, get Trevon, and Trevon is, he's like, hey, where do you think this class can finish? He proclaimed top five. Now, here's what I've come to realize about this, is, is that I don't think that's just bluster. I don't think that's over being overly optimistic. This is the guy in the room with the recruit. He knows something. Mm-hmm. I don't think that number came out of it, it nowhere. I don't think he was just trying to generate excitement. I think that he knows they've got a shot, a true shot at finishing top five. That's why he gave us that number. If it wasn't, I think he would have just said top ten. Now, it doesn't mean that they will finish top five, but I think that it means that they have... They're in the arms they're reach. Looking. They're with yeah, the arms yeah, reach. Mm-hmm, yeah, they're like, we're close. If we can convince this these, this guy and this guy and that guy. He didn't tell us who those guys were. but And this is complete conjecture on my part. But I think he knows. I think he knows that they have a shot of finishing very, very high in this class. So that's where it's reasonable to set your expectations. If they close the way they want to close and who they're targeting, it could be a top five class. That's nuts. Where's Auburn at? 14 commits right now? 14 commits. Yeah. Do we know how many they can take in this class?
0: I, I heard the number twenty three, but I wasn't sure about. That. And I wonder okay. is
1: that still the number? Given that there there are some scholarships that have freed up, I, I'm not even sure if that's what, right. what the number yeah. is now.
3: The number that they can take because if you got fourteen commits, you know, is it, nine or, or nine nine spots enough to get you into the top five? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and and or the two of those have to be five stars and a bunch of four stars. Because I think Auburn only has like what like two three stars committed to this class so far just two yeah just two so i mean it's four or five stars primarily how many more four stars can they add to this call
0: all of them <laughs> Yikes, Every four man. star in the country right like i mean it.
3: think about it if they can close a <laughs> nine four stars, you got four stars to in the shots class <laughs> <laughs> or one five star and a bunch of four stars, this is an insane job of recruiting. Crazy. Because a lot of those uh, schools ranked ahead of Auburn right now have a bunch of three stars on their roster. Yeah, This is a numbers game. They recruited a bunch of three stars and they got their high profile gifts for that class. But it's three stars filling out the back end, man. If you freeze can do it with fours, man, whoo. Yikes. Top five, man. Travon, I mean, like he said, he was like, hey, we." he was clear on two things. I think we can finish top five,
1: and we ain't done yet. <laughs> hey you, you you said yikes Mike G but I think the word you was looking for was Yahtzee. No. 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 We will definitely not. get you there. Time, you know, just <laughs> give it some time. KJ Bolden comes, you're going to be someone's going to make ask you to say it again, so you might as well get ready. Riley Mobley comments and appreciate the Super Chat. He says Darvin Adams, Sammy Coates, Duke Williams, Darius Slayton, and Seth Williams are the receivers I can remember. Definitely time to turn up at that position. more Eagle. Was
3: Sammy Coates a four or three star coming out of high school. It was a three. I think it was, he a was three. three he was a right? three star. Yeah. I think Seth was too. Wasn't he? Seth was a four. I think he made it. Yeah, I think he made mm-hmm. three or four. I don't know Duke was like a five. He was a five coming out of JUCO. Yeah, right. Yeah, coming mm-hmm. out of JUCO, and I'm not sure where Darius. I think Darius Lee was, a four, was four. a four. He was a four. Darwin was a three. Darwin was a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So a mix of you know guys who. Weren't necessarily super highly rated coming out, but ended up being better than projected. Yeah. And the systems that they played in. Uh, uh, Darvin Adams, probably one of the most underrated Auburn receivers in the history of Auburn.
0: Yeah.
3: You know, I mean, he was such a solid, like, if you remember that fourth and five, I think it was in the Iron Bowl where Cam throws him to Dart on the sideline. I, it Was it a fake punt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tiptoed it on the sideline, all hands, just like a clutch catch. Incredible. One of my favorite receivers, man. He made those catches look so routine. And the throw was on point, but the catch was, it was, I mean, the margin for error in that was so small. Because if Cam had led him a little bit too much to the sideline, he doesn't make the catch. He doesn't have room to make the catch he caught it with his hands and like i'm just looking forward to seeing the hand talent right with these receivers guys who can just make plays um there was a receiver we had uh it was one of the kyle's that had this ridiculous i think maybe the pass even came davis on white i may have been do you remember the one-handed catch i do remember it came up just short yeah it was kyle davis yeah right and i was just thinking i was like man like we have not seen consistently that sort of playmaking at the wide receiver position. And kids like Perry Thompson are coming in. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys just make plays for their quarterback. How awesome would it be for Walker White to just have the luxury of knowing that you can just throw it up and your guy's going to go get it?
0: You know, that's something that has been working very much to the the advantage of Dabos and Clemson, honestly. I mean, Deshaun Watson was the biggest reason they won that first championship. But the second mm-hmm. reason, I still, I will still stand on this: the receiving core won them that second one. Because Trevor, what's his name? Lawrence. Sunshine. Lawrence. Yeah, he made some okay throws. The receivers on that team made him look amazing. It 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 was them erasing mediocre throws. Uh, it, it was just an incredible performance. But that's that's part of the formula. Yes, you can have one guy that's transcended the quarterback. Yes, I don't think Trevor Lawrence was transcended in college. I think he was good. Yeah, me neither. The, yeah, the, the wide receivers and the defensive line for Clemson won them that, that second championship. Yeah. yeah,
3: agreed. Look at it this way. There's a lot of opportunity there. I think this should be the beginning of Playmakers, true playmakers coming through the planes. And even this year, I mean, we're talking about recruiting, so we're projecting out to 2024 and beyond. But I think even this year, man, in a better system, you see some playmakers arise that are really going to get, you know, 2025 recruits and 2026 recruits excited about coming to Auburn to play. You know, it starts with utilizing the guys that you have in a way that makes other players excited because they think if he can do that with him what you know he's gonna be able to do even more with me that's why him so,
0: on the phone with, with dk
3: that's right i'm telling you yeah. it was a, fr- a friend of mine you guys remember the ridiculously viral video of dk metcalf like jumping and then he got drug tested and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> right a friend of mine actually they built the set that he did that on we were talking about this last night But he was such a ridiculous. Even though like that was fake, they (laughs) he was such a ridiculous athlete. They were talking about like yo. Even though that was fake, he was he's ridiculous. He's a ridiculous athlete. Some of these guys are ridiculous athletes. I think Julio Jones. Same thing. You've seen it. You seen the slow mo of him with his like headphones in, jumping up and like one handed like high pointing a football in the end zone with his pinky. Yeah, I saw that. One. <laughs> right, yeah. And and I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, man, like just freak athletes that you get through. I think, and this might resonate with with Ike, like, I think Ken Dorsey was probably one of the most overrated college football quarterbacks in the history of the game. But he had who did he have? He had ketchup for he had like um Kellen Winslow, Santana Moss. Moss. Like, I mean, all he had to do... That dude lost, like, two games as a college starter, and all he had to do was throw the ball near those guys, and they were catching it. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, was, he got drafted in the seventh round by the 49ers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> had never really turned into a great... Well, absolutely did not turn into a great NFL quarterback.
0: They knew you make it to the seventh round. They 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 knew you, it wasn't you, it was everything around you. <laughs> right.
3: But head. to B's point, you know, if you surround these guys, like imagine being that dude and having those guys around. You. Right. That's right. what it feels like. That's the Joe Burrow experience. Right. I'm that right. dude and I got dudes around me. Yeah. Because a lot of people tried to say, well, look who Burrow was throwing to. I was like, no, no, no. Go back and watch the tape. It looked like they were on easy, on Madden rookie mode. But that's because everybody was that guy. Yeah, Imagine that. Imagine if Walker White is that dude, plus Perry Thompson and all these kids that are coming in. Woo! Man. Yeah. That could be dangerous.
1: I hope it is. Uh, SS Austin, appreciate the super chat. He says, just reported, he said Auburn is in the top two. Referring to KJ, KJ Bowl, KJ Bowl, referring to KJ Bolden. Referring to KJ Bolden. So it looks like it's an Auburn-FSU battle for this kid. That's
3: it. Cut the check. Right, Caesar? Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> you, you gonna go the back to FSU. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: hey, That's what before. they talking. And then we're gonna say, nah, 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 we ain't losing this one. Cut the check. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And
1: if it's top two. Woof. And I'm not too Man, break the top. And we're not to. All right. Anthony, Anthony Hensley says, KJ told us He's coming on Perry's Live. I saw a lot of people comment really? that
2: he he made. So, a- I don't think that's what he, like, everybody thinks that's what he meant. I don't think that's what he screenshot. meant when he said that. What I think he was saying was, hey, I'm, I'm coming over there to the pool to party. Pool party, yeah. yeah. Wait for me, I'm coming over there.
3: Like, I don't yeah. think
2: he meant I'm about to come to Auburn. He was already in Auburn. He was saying, I'm on my way to the pool party.
3: Yeah. Don't throw Hugh in, I'm coming. I've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. a lot of people take that to think
2: that he meant he's going to be committing to Auburn, but hey, I don't think that's what happened.
0: Maybe, but hey, listen, maybe, maybe it's I, a good
2: omen, right?
1: Maybe that that's that was him saying, "Hey, I really double, am going." to Double be meaning, you know, KJ if got I, bars.
3: I, that's what, exactly <laughs> what I thought too. I, I was like, "No, I think he meant literally. I'm coming over there right now." Right. Yeah, to participate in the shenanigans, Dustin. Yeah.
1: Dustin Pace, welcome to hey, the welcome to the Dustin. family. Good to see you, welcome man. Back. I think he wasn't in was of the
2: time. So yeah.
1: be yeah. rad. Email us business at the War Report. Business at the War Report. We need your shirt size and physical address. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Adrian wants to know: Be Will, if KJ commits, will you cut your beard? I don't know if I want to see that, but. Be willing, no, I won't absolutely see that. not. Yeah, no, no I would no. not. I don't think I
0: want
3: to see. Ask me because that's not.
0: Will, had my you beard. will
1: be,
3: Since I was fifteen, you'll be disavowed. Fifteen, it wouldn't see. Oh, that.
1: you look. Yeah. You,
3: never you, be you, like, you be, be will never My like mom,
1: bewild, you like a thumb. Don't don't cut your beard. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, look, yeah. So, yeah,
3: Listen, my mom has a photo album, a random photo album with a ton of pictures of Ike and Brian from college. And I was like, where did these pictures come from? Yeah, and like I was screenshotting them and sending them to Ike, like, <laughs> dude, like, dude, look at your young face. Yeah, but there is there are some beardless b be will pics in there.
0: No, it was just low. Was it and just you low? not grown up to oh, my no. face, I wasn't without a beard because I couldn't be because my no my terrible terrible skin was so bad. I can't shave because my whole face looked like I got stung by a million bees. That's that's why I never shave. Yeah, so I see, no.
3: okay, yeah. all
0: right. It's not it's not pretty. It's not
3: pretty. I'm going to send you some pictures for your review, but yeah. No, I you got to put something. my
0: face on now. No, I want to. No, I I do <laughs> not approve. I will sue you.
1: Troy <laughs> Swain says, Jeffrey Lee just made I a prediction for Carter. Big, big, big news, fellas. So we'll see. Hey, listen, Jeffrey is not normally wrong. There's a, a, I think the the only one that just caught people by surprise is the Cam Coleman, because that came, that came out of left field. But usually Uh when they, when they put in a confidence for a kid, they, they have good intel on that. Yeah, Uh, for sure. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see. Um, D Lev says, I'm still uh, laughing my butt off at the Antonio Brown gimmick, epic fail.
2: What was that about? What, What a moron. Yeah, I don't even know why he felt like he needed to insert himself in this conversation, bro. You're not from down here. You didn't go to either one of the schools. The schools, like you, yeah. Like, like don't don't get nobody no career one, advice, bro. No,
1: right. Thank introduced. you, Calm I. You down, took the man. word that don't take career advice from him. Don't no, don't take any advice <laughs> from about and Listen, Antonio Brown is a phenomenal wide saying, receiver. Don't but be crazy, crazy like a- me.
2: But I'm saying, like, Antonio Brown's not even the spokesperson for this. You went to a school that doesn't have a tradition for putting wide receivers in the NFL, and you're arguably one of the top five receivers in this decade. So, like, what are you saying? Like, it doesn't—if you that guy, it doesn't matter. That's facts. Don't play ball. That's facts. If you that dude— That's a stupid comment to make on its—like, I don't care if it was Jerry Rice saying it. It's a dumb comment to make because, again— You're an example that that doesn't matter if you're that good. Right. So like what are you saying right now? Like why are you involved in this conversation at all? Shut up. Go do something else with your life. Please find a hobby. But this ain't it, sir.
1: Jaquan Grant says, fellas, I'm telling y'all watching Bama and Georgia are in their fields these last couple of days of Hugh flipping these five stars. Definitely put a smile on my face. Auburn is flip city, baby. Uh, Let
3: me tell you about this comment I got on Twitter. Caesar just kind of related to this. Um, I posted something about one of the flips and this Georgia fan Responded and was like, "Calm down, uh, you're, you're you, done." We already know it's some stupid. You said a Georgia fan responded. <laughs> you guys it are going. Tra-
2: you had how could you even like interpret the barking? What did, I didn't even See, know. How I
3: know. don't know, dude. It was like, "Calm down." You guys
2: are going six
3: and six. <laughs> it it at must have been
2: using Google Translate when they did it. Like they just barked into their
3: phone and it translated somehow. It you was know? the dumbest well, response. Amazing. And what it's their go-to right now seems to be like predicting, like trying to put down the recruiting momentum by talking about Auburn's likely finish to this season. Mm -hmm. And I just, that is something I don't really understand. I don't get that. Like, you gotta, you have to start somewhere. I mean, regardless, you have to start somewhere. What what is that? What is, what is what Auburn is going to finish this season have to do with us being excited about what they're doing in recruiting for next year?
0: which is why it's so stupid. Hurt
1: people. It's so hurt stupid. People.
3: They're hurting. So like,
1: that's what's <laughs> hurt happening.
3: People. Hurt people.
1: Hurt
2: people. Yeah. You're yeah, going to have a bad, bad
1: season. Hurt. You know what I mean? It's just you're hurt.
2: I, you it's, know.
0: It, it, it's, their, it's their pain talking. Yeah. You know what's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I like just you think did, remember. I remember. Right. I, I, I told y'all, I, well, I mentioned this a lot. I got a group chat with my cousin, who's a Bama fan, and a mutual friend of ours, who's a Bama fan. And of course, the last like, 15 years have been tough, right? Once Saban was alone at Bama, because Kirby had left, right? And I was like, oh, man, y'all losing Kirby. We're talking like 2016. He's like, man, I ain't worried about that. I said, okay, I need you to listen to me, son. (laughs) He's older than me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I need you to listen to me. Kirby Smart going to Georgia is the worst thing that could happen for the Alabama dynasty. He's like, wow, we got Saban. Saban built it all. He knows him. I was like, no, no, you." It's not about coaching. It's not about who the coach is. Georgia has the resources to compete mm-hmm. yep. in recruiting. Right. And now, instead of having every top-tier defensive recruit come and fill the coffers at Alabama, the best defensive recruits will have a choice to make. Because Kirby and Georgia can put just as attractive a package in front of a recruit and his family as Alabama could. But now, they have legitimate concern to question, well, are you the guy who put this defense together like it was or was it him and Kirby's can tell you that it's him and what we now know years in the future I have more reason to believe that it was Kirby Smart than it was purely Nick Saban as the head coach as far as what the defense did on the field fracturing the talent base was bad for Alabama they had a monopoly on top-tier talent because of how Nick Saban started recruiting, creating the arms race and recruiting that we now are living through today that's been skyrocketed by NIL. The worst thing for Georgia and Alabama is that we actually have our hand in the pot as a legitimate threat, not just one that's going to poach one or two every four or five years. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... Joseph Phillips, we'll take him. Thank you. Perry Thompson, we'll we'll take him. Uh, Riddick, we'll get him off your hands too. We're talking about stalwarts, players that could be the centerpieces of elite defenses or offenses for either one of these teams. You only had to fight really each other for Well, unless you could really fight Bama for a few of those, but even they were losing when Bama was at its peak. This is so different. Because now you don't just have your pick of five stars where you have to refuse high fours because that's what it used to be for Alabama. We benefited from that because, oh, you don't want that dude? Your class is too packed with five stars? We'll take the four star off your hands. Thank you. And hope it turns out for the best. It's way different when now, instead of fielding a secondary full of five stars, you got one five and three fours. It's not that they can't be great. Stars are not the only determination for how good a player will be. But boy, oh boy. When your fours are just the bench, and now those fours are starting, well, Mm -hmm. you're getting thinner. You're getting thinner. Your pool that you're pulling from of elite talent is thinning out. You are being weakened just by somebody else being stronger. Because there are not unlimited number of high fours and fives. That is the limit on any one team's dynasty. Yes, there is great talent, but you still need to be able to make threes into fours and fours into fives or threes into fives or however that development works. Because just basing it or just running things off of elite talent that you yourself have access to and nobody else, that junk is over. It's over, buddy. You ain't finna just have the only person with the elite talent on tap. Now, everybody's got it. Can you still win and beat everybody around you when you're not the only one? bringing the gun to the gunfight right right
3: was, hey so that comment uh ike said that uh it was about riddick right so I, I was saying like hugh freeze is putting everybody on notice that you can't just come into the state pluck who you want anymore and then make off like a bandit and the georgia fan said georgia is not worried about auburn let's not overreact you will win six games this year riddick is going there because he will get playing time I don't understand these comments. Doesn't at all. doesn't Riddick, didn't he expect to play at Georgia too? <laughs> he's coming to, He's coming to Georgia. When to you're sit a five-star player. You he's expect going to, to Playing play time everywhere. <laughs> what? Right? Like you're a five-star player. I'm coming to Georgia. What are you to talking sit? about, dude? Yeah, like I mean, I think he expects to play no matter where he goes. What if if this is a backhanded comment saying he doesn't want to compete for playing time. Whatever. But what does Auburn winning six games this year have to do? Like, I just, I don't understand. (laughs) They are losing their minds right
0: now over this. This is the beginning, though. And I'm glad they're losing their minds. They're losing their minds. Maybe they realize it, maybe they don't. I don't know if they really realize it. But whether they do or not, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spinning it out. For sure. Yeah. I, I understand the comment. I was like, all right, cool, bro.
3: Yes, we know Auburn could win six games this year. That's a bowl game, right? And still, the, w- the way they're projected, if they do, they're going to beat somebody who you think they shouldn't be. Right. Either way, Hugh Freeze is going to put something on paper that's going to look promising this year. The only way he doesn't is if they win four or five games. Right. I don't see that happening, so good luck. They won five games last year in chaos, Add some structure, man, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Um, we'll grab a f- uh, few more. Uh, Mike, speak to this. Better Better than Best is is there any chance we can flip Cam <laughs> Coleman before Texas a and
3: <laughs> No, man. Uh, He's going to uh, A&M, dude. He's going to A&M. Same way I'm, the Parrot Thompson is, is coming to Auburn. Coleman's going to A&M. Unless, like B said, Jimbo gets fired. The coach gets fired. All bets are off. Hey, now, hey, hey, hey talk That's hey, Brian. how hey, don't, don't, don't like what Hey, hey, hey say, say
1: it together. Say it with me, guys. Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey,
0: hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Listen, man, if Jimbo gets fired and we get Cam Coleman, I I don't even have a bottle of anything that's unopened, waiting for a good moment, but I might have <laughs> to buy one just in case. Like, I mean, that's that's the best case. That's just that would be wonderful.
1: Nigel uh, Brooks says is this the best linebacker class of the
3: last decade
0: Ooh. it might not even be through <laughs> <It's still, laughs> alright it might not even be done it could
3: be check in in four tell, weeks tell, tell
1: Triv- uh, Trevon Reed no we not so uh, stay <laughs> tuned stay tuned <laughs> on that
3: the we are never done